Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Campionato Buongiorno, buonasera, depending on where you are in the world, and welcome to the FIF podcast. I am your feeling host, Nicholas Carroll. Connor is currently in uh, Bergamo uh, doing his thing. He was at the Atalanta-Napoli match on the weekend, so I'm sure we'll have some stories from him next week to help me out and fill in in this uh, week. First up is uh, the ever-reliable Vito Doria, who have now had the pleasure of meeting in person. Vito, how are you doing? Hi, Nick. Yeah, uh, great to join you on the podcast and it was good to meet you in person as well. So looking forward to another cultural discussion. And joining us is our favourite Neapolitan, Katarina Mira. Kat, how are you going? Hi, Nick. Fine, thanks. And great to join you again. And it's been a good week, weekend for us, so <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah, well, uh, we might as well start with the match that's just kind of finished off in the last hour or so. Uh, it was a late game this week and Juventus, uh, it was a 1-0 win over Genoa, uh, though uh, let's say it was pretty much all uh, the Bianconeri that match wasn't the most thrilling of encounters, uh, 15 shots to four. Uh, the goal was to Douglas Costa and um, could have been more. Uh, there was a Miralem Pjanic shot that uh, required a pretty spectacular Matteo Peren save, but otherwise not too much to talk about in that match. So we're not going to go too much over that. Um, we're going to head straight into some of the other matches from the weekend itself, starting with... Atalanta Napoli, which I mentioned, Connor was actually at in the stands among the Ladea fans. Uh, it was an important win for uh, Napoli, I think we could say. Um, Kat, I'm going to go straight to you. Uh, I think it's fair to say Atalanta's been somewhat of a bogey team 
for Napoli. They've won three of the last four encounters before this match against them. So to go to Bergamo after the break, it's a win, I think. Um, your thoughts after that match? Yeah, exactly. In Italy, we say bestianera. <laughs> it's our bestianera. And so it was pretty, pretty awesome. The, the match was three really important points for us and not only for the table but especially for the motivation and going to Bergamo against one of the top form teams of the moment and after the break everybody probably expected Napoli to drop some points uh, however the attitude of the group has been positive and solid and that was really really important indeed they celebrated like uh, they won against uh, Real Madrid or Barcelona <laughs> in the, yeah and from also these things you can understand that every game is now a final for the race and and so the spirit is is right and I'm happy about it and they only should stay focused on working and hope also that now that Gulam and Milik they are both recovering and so coming back soon and end the season with the same attitude. Definitely. You could you could see at the full-time whistle how much it meant to the players, um, which is it's a good place for Serie A, I think, that teams like Atalanta, it, it still means so much. So it, the competition in the league certainly growing. Um, it was uh, a narrow win, I could say, but it was uh, Dries Merton's first goal in eight Serie A matches, which is quite surprising given his importance to the team over the last one or two seasons. Is that the mini Goldra, is that a, a big deal for you or is it just one of those things that as long as the results are coming, it's not too much of a worry? Or do you think he should be scoring more? Mm, yeah, probably should be scoring more, but I'm not really worried about that because the group is solid that they need us a, re a great team together. So Mertens has been always a great worker, a team worker for on the pitch. And so giving his maximum every time. And so I prefer he made a great performance and also no scoring is fine, but help the others <laughs> score probably is also enough. And I'm happy for him in that back to the goal it's really important he also gets some rest during the break he mentioned that on the social media and so happy he back finally back yeah um Vito I'll go to you for this uh obviously Napoli had played Atalanta not too long ago um they were knocked out of the the Coppa Italia and They've obviously still got the Europa League, but we're, I guess there's big question marks as to how serious they will take that. So do you think it's a big advantage for them um, with relation to Juventus, who are obviously still in the Champions League and have a tie against Atalanta coming up? Um, is there a big advantage there in the race for Serie A? I think there's an advantage largely because it seems that Napoli aren't really going to be taking the Europa League that seriously. So assuming that they do lose to RB Leipzig in the knockout fixture in the Europa League, then uh, Napoli will definitely be far more focused on the Scudetto chase, whereas with Juve, uh, they've, 
they do prioritize the school that to a lot but uh, i do believe that you need to focus more on europe because they've already proven themselves an abundance of times in Serie A, whereas at europe they've still got this record of underachieving unfortunately mm, definitely uh we won't we won't discuss atalanta too much in this one because God knows we do it every week with Connor, so we'll we'll stick with uh, Napoli. And I just want to go to a bit of a discussion that's been going on through the week. We've had um, an article that Connor actually wrote about Simone uh, Verdi and his it's his seeming decision to stay at Bologna and not sign with Napoli this season. Um, Connor was of the opinion that. Um, Basically, he's missed out on a chance and he hasn't backed himself. And we had Vieri and Dov discussing this on YouTube as well. Uh, they had opposing opinions on that as well. So check out um, the YouTube video on that if you haven't already. But there seems like a lot of um, opposing thoughts on this one. So I'm going to put it out to you to, to see where you stand in it. Uh, should he have gone or... Should, should he have taken this opportunity or was he right to stick with his guns and keep going at Bologna for the time being? So I'll start with you, Kat, because uh, you are a Napoli fan, so you would probably know more than anyone if he actually mm. would have played any matches. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little bit in the between of that because uh, his choice I think has been smart and wise because he could get probably a big offer in the summer if he's still doing playing good in Bologna. Uh, however, if he continues yes to to do good things and probably will join Napoli or Juventus because I think probably will join Juventus at this point in June or any other other big team he for sure will take more money i think but he either will find the same situation of the current situation or no he will start he will start in the 11 or will find the bench again in september that's the thing so at the moment i think it's a good substitute in napoli because we cannot hide that sorry have the three here and the trio is you you can say anything about them so it will probably join the bench however you are 25 and 26 years old in july and you are not so young anymore so it could be a great choice for you for your career to step up in a big team and so uh, the train uh, we can we can say pass only once in life. Probably will he you can miss a chance, or he can could be lucky uh, in June and find another big team. Sometimes you, I think every player is ambitious. So I don't I don't think he, he's not ambitious uh, or something like that. But uh, sometimes you need to have the maturity to risk. And probably he didn't feel ready enough for for the team or for Napoli at the moment. Maybe it's good also for Napoli to not have him now and so to 
to integrate another player in the team right now that we should be focused on the Scudetto race. However, I don't know, I believe he's a great player and you cannot forget that also uh, there will be more competitive transfer market in June. So he probably missed a chance, I think. But I appreciate his his choice to for the Bologna fans and for the team as well. So hmm, some very philosophical points there, Kat. Like <laughs> uh, Vito, where where do you stand on this? I think he made the smart move by staying at Bologna. In the last ten years, I've seen a lot of Italian players try to take the big step and they failed. Unfortunately, the current generation is nowhere as good as what we what Italy produced before the turn of the century. So, yeah, I've been placed with Mattia Destro, Fabio Borini, Sebastian Giovinco, Alessio Cerci, who have made similar moves, but uh, they looked out of the depth in clubs where the pressure was bigger and they had to take on greater responsibilities. So Simone Verdi, in my view, has made a smart move because before he went to Bologna, he was predominantly a bench warmer and a journeyman. So finally he's got this stability and I reckon that regardless of his age, stability should be the focus. Another thing to take into account is to accept your limitations. It's great to be ambitious and all, but you don't want to let any sort of fame or attention get to your head. So staying at Bologna at least for another six months, I think that Verdi can focus on his game, develop more confidence by being the key man at Bologna. And as we saw on the weekend, he provided all three goals for Bologna in the 3-0 win against Benevento. So I reckon it's better that he maintains that form and it could increase his market value too. So whether Napoli try again in the summer or someone else goes for him, um, I think for the time being, it's ideal that he stays with the uh, Felsine. Definitely. I am I am leaning on your side, Vito. I am very much um, in favour of these players sticking with and trying to develop in these teams and not kind of chasing um, too quickly. Obviously, he is 25, so he's not, you know, too young, but um, you know, I think he's good. And as you said, he's shown exactly how important he is to that Bologna outfit with the three assists on the weekend. Um, so I think uh, you can imagine for the fans how how much of a boost that is for the rest of the season to see him staying there. Uh, we'll move on from this. Um, we'll head over to Sunday night's match, Inter against Roma, in a big match in terms of the Champions League qualification places this season. So it was a match between two pretty out-of-form teams and following the match, Inter is now winless in six matches in Serie A and uh, Roma in four matches. So obviously it finished 1-1, uh, a goal to Stefano Sharawe, which was basically assisted by Davide Santon uh, at the back and then a 86th-minute equaliser for Matteo Vecino. Um, there's some mentality issues, it seems like, at Inter. Um, and Spalletti actually came out after the match in the press conference and said that 
there's possibly a lack of belief in their quality um, and their ability, particularly when they're going into these matches against the the top sides in Serie A, where they don't seem to really um, believe that they that they're at this level. Uh, Vito, what's your take on the the mindset of Inter at the moment? That um, you know that they've been up there amongst the top three this whole season, but do they actually believe that they belong there? It seems that on recent form that they don't really have that belief in the team. I feel that they do have some talented players, but I suppose that it's when they're going forward, I think that's where they might not have that same uh, belief. You have a few players that who are attacking threats, you know, like Perisic, Icardi, Kandreva when he's not blasting the ball over the bar. But... Most of the team aren't really known for the attacking ability or the technical qualities. So I think those players who aren't as gifted on the ball as, say, uh, Perisic, Icardi or Borja Valero, um, those players might sort of feel like they're out of their shell because they're not doing the dirty work. They've got to be more proactive or they've got to help Inter control the play, which is not really in the in the DNA or in the way of playing, at least in normal circumstances. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hmm. Um, I, I mentioned briefly the, the Santon error that led to the, the goal. So we'll, we'll just go back to the defense for a second. Um, that left back position, Vito, it's been a problem for the Nerazzurri for I, I can't count how many seasons. And it still hasn't been solved. I mean, we've seen countless transfers and even Delbert has come in to, to fill that hole, and it seems like he can't even get a start now. So um, what, what's going on there? What, what do they need to do to, to stop these errors coming that they're 
consistently conceding goals through this avenue. And what does Delbert need to do to actually get a start? Because it seems like he must not be doing something right at training. Mm. That might be the answer. Delbert has to be absolutely outstanding in training to win over Spalletti. And then when he does play the games, he's either got to make a decisive tackle or provide a crucial assist. Other than that, aside from the players themselves, probably one thing Inter should seriously look at is giving uh, Piero Osilio the flick because he's been at Inter for a few years. And to be honest, I don't think he's been that impressive as a sporting director. I reckon Inter needs to look at someone better who can make better transfer deals and have a better identification of players. Certainly. Um, and as you mentioned, Vito, there's, there was some big problems in attack and it's actually been for both teams. They seem to be struggling uh, in that final third. In fact, over the last six matches in Serie A, Roma have scored just four goals and Inter just three goals. Then they rank 16th and 19th respectively over the last six matches for goals scored. Um, Benevento and Crotone have scored more. So um, some some major problems there. Um, if anyone is interested um, more about the Inter side of things, there's a, a video on YouTube that I did after the match where I spoke a bit about the issues there and the mentality problems. So feel free to give that a go. Um, it is slightly possibly a little bit harsh, but um, I think it's it's fair in some way. So give that a listen. And if you disagree, comment and tell me how much of an idiot I am. That's more than okay. Um, we'll go to Roma. Um, we won't go too much into Inter, but um, Kat, and I, I spoke about the attacking problems. Um, there, it seems to be when Zeko isn't scoring, they're not really doing too much. And um, they dominated in the midfield for a lot of that match, but really I think one shot on target, it was really lacking. Um We've seen this for quite a few games now for Roma. Does Di Francesco need to change things up or is it just one of those slumps that he needs to just naturally bring them out of? No, I think he needs to change something because against Inter especially, uh, Kagan, that Inter struggled in the first half across the field, but they deserve the equaliser and probably Di Francesco will regret his choice to protect his team in due course, especially in the second half where Inter dominated. And so probably they dropped two points because his tactical view in the course was not right and also bring on defenders Bruno Perez and Juan Jesus invited also Vecino to score so he probably needs to change something and I don't know also with Jacko who and the rumors that he's coming up probably will be the chic chance finally and but he needs to change something up on tactical, uh, we'll see. But I'm not so convinced. <laughs> the match was okay for the first half, but in the second half, they didn't have a lot of chances. They are not created so much, and only one shot on target for a full match is it's one of the worst records. Yeah, probably they equalized their worst record. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, certainly there's a lot of question marks about the 
Di Francesco's decision during that match. And I guess a lot of people would probably say that Spalletti completely out-strategized him when Roma arguably were, were the, a better side um, on the day. And, of course, FIF, everyone is always getting the inside information on everything. And we actually have a little insider um, info from that match where apparently um, we heard uh, where our little birds have been telling us that uh, Fazio actually went crazy at Di Francesco after Inter scored because of those changes, um, basically having a go about that he shouldn't have approached it that way, you know, particularly in the the substitutions that saw them drop back quite deep and uh, basically invited Inter into the match. So it seems like um, a little bit of a, a disagreement within the club as well with these um this lack of results of late. So it will be interesting one to keep an eye on how they progress because they they have started the season so well. We shouldn't, you know, um, forget too quickly and obviously in the Champions League. So there's a lot for Di Francesco to think about and he's going to have to manage that squad um, for the rest of this season. So we'll keep an eye on how that goes because one major thing that uh, he might have to deal with very shortly, and Kat, you uh, briefly mentioned it there, is that there are major rumours that Eden Dzeko might be heading out of Rome and heading to London to sign with Chelsea. Now, Eden Dzeko, obviously, he is the, uh, he leads their line. He's the top goal scorer. Um, but he is getting on in age. Um, so... Is this a good move is the the question I want to ask. Should Roma take the money or um, is this um, a crazy move for them to do halfway through the season when they're fighting for a Champions League spot? Vito, I'll start with you. And the obvious um, kind of caveat to that is uh, Schick's, Patrick Schick, who is signed there, and whether he's ready to, to lead the Roma line in place of Dzeko. Yeah, I think it could be a good chance for Schick, but doing that is a little bit risky, I think, and especially for the Champions League race. And so, I don't know. The, there are good money, but at this moment of the season, it's important that Roma probably should just set up with it and and then try to sign in 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 June. Vito, you saw first firsthand how strong Patrick Schick can be as a Sampdoria man. What do you what are your thoughts? Um, should they take the money or do they need to try and do anything they can to keep Jacko there? At the moment, I reckon they should keep Jacko for the time being and sell him in June. The reason I say that is, although I still believe in Schick's potential, from what I've seen so far this season with his health concerns and so forth, I don't think he's ready. And I don't reckon if Jekka was sold now that Schick would be able to step up. But I still think he's got a few teething problems to deal with. After June, though, I reckon it'd be a different story. Um, probably with a better pre-season under his belt, Schick might be able to lead the line in 2018-2019. And once he's fully fit and more integrated into the Roma team, 
I think then he'd be able to lead the line and be a star for Roma. And I also believe that he would provide far more greater mobility and better link-up play with his teammates. If Di Francesco wants to revert back to his old attacking principles, Schick would be a better fit. But at the moment, uh, Di Francesco has been shifting away from those Zeman-like principles and playing a more conservative, stereotypical Italian style. So for the time being, I might be better off sticking with Dzeko and his experience despite his lack of form recently. Certainly, he's he's been a he's always a talking point. He's either in scintillating form, it seems like, or he's in these mini goal droughts that he seems to have quite often. So, but he is a strong player, even if he isn't scoring goals. So, um, it's a it's a difficult one for the Roma board, no doubt. And they'd certainly want to bring in someone um, for the time being. Otherwise, they're going to leave a hole. It seems. Um, Tail Sheva on the, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but um, he says on the YouTube comments that Dzeko uh, is as one of the top five strikers in Serie A, um, that a great club doesn't sell its best players without bringing in better ones. So um, there seems to be some, oh, there's another comment there that mentions that uh, some talks of Batshuahi coming in um, to Roma on loan from Chelsea. So that would actually be quite interesting. Um, I'd be interested to see how he would go there. But, um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one mid-season. I think that's what makes it hard, mm. particularly. Um, some earlier comments about the whole Verdi discussion as well. I'll just quickly go. Mr. David Schivoni, who I'm sure we're all very familiar with, says, absolute rubbish. He should have moved. Could have at least tested himself, then moved back to Bologna if it didn't work out. So strong opinions there from, from the big boss man. And another one saying, disagreeing that Verdi did the right thing to stay in Bologna. We still remember what happened to Pavoletti. Uh, indeed, uh, he kind of fizzled out. I, I be- can barely remember him getting any minutes there. So it's it's you know, it seems to be either one side or the other, but uh, we won't go too much more into that and we'll head to the next batch. Um, because we're talking about the Champions League uh, positions and qualifications, we'll go to Lazio Chievo, where the Bianco Celesti just um, annihilated Chievo. Um, 5 1. Uh, Vito, I'll go to you. Um, another five goals. They've now scored more than any other club this season, and they've shown that they don't need. Chiro Immobile to actually score. He wasn't amongst the goals or assists in this match. Um, so there's no, there's not that reliance that possibly Inter or Roma might have on their strikers. So how important for that is Lazio and how good are they going at the moment? I think it's very important that Lazio can find goals without Chiro Immobile in form because it goes to show that they do have other options and they can trust other players to score their goals. Uh, Milinkovic Savic scored two goals and then he got taken off. And uh, Nani, he got involved in uh, assisting the fourth goal and he scored the fifth one himself. So I think it's fantastic for Simone Inzaghi and his team that he can rely on uh, more than just one player to find the back of the net. 
generally speaking, I think it's fantastic that Lazio are scoring so freely because well, it means that they're not really going to be pushing Napoli and Juventus for the Scudetto. I think they're too far off the pace at this stage. But I think their form really puts serious pressure on the Inter and Roma and has to make them think that uh, Lazio's gaining ground on them or actually they've surpassed them because they're third now. So how are they going to get back into the race for an automatic Champions League spot? So Lazio are peaking at the right time and this could be a good catalyst for them to maintain this form for the remainder of the season. Definitely. Um, it's a huge contrast between those three teams. As I mentioned, the, the struggles that Roma and Inter are having in, in front of goal and Lazio are just absolutely smashing it from all parts. Even the defenders are coming in every now and then and scoring some. So it's um, been a thrilling team to watch of late. So it's certainly a, a club that I'm trying to tune in and watch as much as I can of. Uh, Kat, I'll go to you. Um, We've talked about their UCL race, but with their kind of form, how much of a danger do you think they are to actually grab one of those top four places? Yeah, they are probably the most dangerous, especially for Roma and, and Inter. I mean, they are third now. They they are pretty much consistent in the results. Probably the now, with if Immobile hope is nothing serious, but if he, if he will be out until March, they have a really delicate month with the Europa League. And also they probably need to uh, to face Juventus and the Coppa Italian first leg of the semi-final. Uh, so they are dangerous, but they need to be focused, especially in these two months, I think. And But it, always a pleasure to... To see them playing, they are always effective, creating goal scoring opportunities, and also strong at finish. So, let's right. see. But I'll... sorry, cut yeah. you off there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm excited to ask you the next question. That's why um, I'm going to put you both on the spot. So, Roma, Inter, Lazio—they're all quite close at the moment, uh, separated by what, the 43-43 and Roma behind on 40. Inter has one game, has played one game extra than both. So, you know, assuming that the top five is more or less set um, and it's going to be those three that plays for the last two Champions League positions, of those three, who misses out on the Champions League next season? Fido, who misses on the basis of what the squads look like now, um, I would probably say Inter, but it also depends. I know you'd probably have <laughs> saying it, but it really depends on how the new signing of Rafinha integrates to the Inter team. If he is the attacking midfielder or trequatista that they need, if he can gel in quickly and make an impact, then uh, they can hold on. If not, um, then Roma could take that place. But that also depends on the Jacko deal too. If they lose Jacko and then Schick doesn't fire, then they're in a big trouble. But um, we might discuss it later. But I'm a little bit sceptical on the Rafinha signing. So at the moment, I'm going to say maybe Inter will drop it because if Roma keep the team as they are now, um, I believe that they can hit form at the right time with the current players at 
be Francesco's disposal. Mm, it's um, I have to agree in some aspects that it's certainly not looking great for Inter compared to the, uh, their competition. Kat, who are you going to go? Are you going to break my heart and say Inter as well? No, <laughs> no way. No, I would say Roma, I think. Especially, no, if they would, would lose Zeko. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to to go ahead and also depend uh, i would say i would say inter so probably one between roma and lazio because lazio every time arrives in march and they drop points it's something every, every time and they're playing really good this year and hope for the, for them to to get a chance in champions league and so i would say one of the two of the capitals yeah interesting so there's a lot of confidence behind Lazio, and um i guess they've given us every reason to um to believe that they can possibly pull it off um so that's uh, actually i might just i had it in my notes and you did mention it very briefly Vito. so i'll just get a quick um your opinion on rafinha who uh inter is only in the last few hours um confirmed his signing what, do you think he's the right player for them that can kind of spark Inter's attack to life? I still think that Rafinha is perhaps a little bit raw because he does not play a lot for Barcelona and he has been injured for the first half of this season. But looking at his record, the only season where he really had a good run at it was when he was on loan to Celta Vigo. So I'm not sure if that's sufficient enough to say that he can carry the Inter midfield. I would have preferred Inter to go for someone like Henrik Mkhitaryan or Javier Pastore, but I reckon Inter are still being handicapped by the FFP regulations, and also they're having lots of trouble offloading João Mario, so I think that's why they've had to go for Rafinha. So um, I think business-wise you can understand why they've gone for Rafinha, but from a technical and tactical point of view, I don't think he was the best choice. Certainly that it seems like there weren't um, that many options, but um, it's not the most inspiring signing by a lot of, in a lot of ways, but anyway, we'll have to see there. So we've skipped back to Inter and kind of jumping all over the place. So let's go to another game. Um, one that might make you a bit happy to talk about, Vito. So Sampdoria's win over Fiorentina, which finished 3-1 and a hat-trick to Fabio Quagliarella, who has is now on 15 goals. And I guess there's a lot of talk around Chiro Immobile and Icardi this season with their goals that they're putting in, but being consistent and, um, you know, at his age, he just keeps going. It's... It's kind of nice to see, I think. Vito, your take on the match and um, how good how good is Collierella going? Well, the match was one of those where Sampdoria bounced back into form. I saw the fluidity return. There was great confidence in possession and we were able to play our short passing game, which was pleasing to see. It also helped that the workhorse midfielder Edgar Barreto was benched so that helped a lot. And having Carolyn Linetti in midfield um, improved our passing quality. Uh, Quayarella, he'll be 35 this year. 
and to see him in the form like this, I think it's fantastic to see. And he doesn't have to go for the spectacular goals. He can finish like a true number nine and just, you know, know when to make the right runs, run onto passes. And I think it's great that he is in this form after what he's been through throughout his career. And he looks better than uh, what he was in his 20s. So that's pleasing to see. Yeah, it's always, we always seem to get the odd strikers that seem to just um, keep going in Serie A in older ages. So, Cat, uh, obviously, um, Cogliarella has had a, a let's say, a troubled, oh, maybe troubled is the wrong word, but he's had a quite a, um adventurous past in Serie A. Uh, obviously, was at Napoli and then went to Juventus, which angered a lot of Neapolitans, but we've only this season kind of, kind of found out what actually happened there with the, the stalker and all that. So given all that and the history, you, from a, from a fan perspective, are you happy now to see kind of Colliarella firing, firing like this and enjoying his football at, at his age? Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm, a, I'm really, really happy for him. Also at this age and Kim doing good things, creative goal scoring opportunities and 15 goals. Now it's it's huge for him. And also he deserves it after all the troubles and the issues he passed. And hope he continues on this way and especially to get a European spot for for the Samp that they deserve it this year, I think. Certainly, it'll be an interesting one there. They're going for that um, Europa place. There's, there's competition everywhere in Serie A. We've got the top two race. We've got the the race between three for two Champions League spots. And then we've got the the race under that, which uh, Sampdoria is winning at the moment for, for some Europa League action. Um, we might um, head over to Cagliari Milan very briefly. Um it's uh, it was a two-one victory to the Rossoneri. A goal, two goals to Frank Kessie, one a penalty, and one just six minutes after his first. After a Nicola Barella opener um, for Cagliari in the eighth minute, um, wasn't the most prettiest match or victory. But Vito, is it fair to say that at this point for Milan, it's just a matter of getting the three points and and being happy with that. Yeah, at the moment, style is irrelevant for them. Um, it's different to a team like Juve who win all the time and probably should add a bit of style to make the wins look convincing and make them look different, dangerous. But uh, the Rossoneri, after the bad start they've had to the year, I'm sure that, you know, three points, regardless if it was pretty or not, I think they'll just be happy to register the victories. And Frank Cassie, the former Atalanta midfielder, got two goals, so um, he'd be happy with uh, his performance. And he was one of those guys that was expected to do a bit better. So it's good for him to have a solid individual display on his part. Definitely. Um, Frank Cassie might be starting to become that dominant midfielder again that we saw at Atalanta. And I'm sure that many Rossoneri fans are hoping to see him develop into more and more as the season goes on. Um, I think that's it in terms of the main matches. I'll just quickly run through some of the other Serie A scores for the week. Udinese against Spal finished 1-1. Uh, 
Sassuolo Torino also won one. Bologna, as I mentioned, uh, with the three assists for Simone Verdi, um, defeated Benevento 3-0. Uh, Verona lost to Crotone. Crotone scoring three goals there, and they're uh, just out of the promotion place, uh, promotion places, the relegation places at the moment. So they're looking to hold on again, representing the Southerners very well. And that's about it. That's the matches for this week. Uh, we might leave Serie B for this week and we'll do a bit of a recap when Connor's back next week and I'm sure he'll have some stories from Italy and his adventures. I think Luca, who is also a common contributor on the pod, he was out there as well and was at the Milan uh, Inter-Roma match. So plenty of stories to come. So ensure you are keeping up to date with everything on What's That Italian Football on the website, there's lots of videos coming out uh, that Vieri and done. I've done one on Inter Roma. And there's potentially a couple more coming out that might feature some um, individuals on this very podcast. So keep an eye out for some Australian exclusive FIF videos. Um, of course, Twitter, Instagram, there's a cool little FIF Cup going on at the moment on Twitter. So and the website, so keep an eye on that. Um, a couple of the FIF crew have been knocked out already. My condolences to Kat and Vito, but um, I'm still I'm still going strong in that. So any support out there, I appreciate it. Um, I think we'll we'll pretty much wrap it up there. Otherwise, I'm just going to be keep talking nonsense. So um, Vito, Kat, uh, thank you for joining us. Do you want to tell us quickly about anything you have? coming or where people can find you well aside from obviously reading the forza italian football website um you can follow my facebook fan page at vito doria otherwise there's my twitter handle which is at vito c doria so have a look there you can find me on twitter as caterina mirra or facebook the same caterina mirra <laughs> Thanks for joining us. For those who are on YouTube, thank you for the questions. If you're listening on the podcast, remember you can actually uh, listen live on YouTube. We, we do this um, depending on where you are in the world. It's usually Monday night in Europe. Or if you're in Australia like Vito and myself, then it's Tuesday morning. So um, you can watch live and ask questions as we're going. So um, please feel free to join us. Otherwise... On behalf of Vito, Carolina, and myself, ciao for now. Ciao. Bianco azzurro brilla una stella, in tutto il firmamento è sempre la più bella, ed ogni volta che rintocca il campanone, ho voglia di cantare questa canzone, la mazza, sul prato verde vola. Lazio, tu non sarai mai sola. Una cura nel cielo
insieme a te Aquilotto noi vogliamo via, la domenica sempre ci fai compagnia, con le bandiere al vento un tuffo in fondo al cuore, sono brividi forti e voglia di gridare, perché il coro che famo tutti quanti insieme, dice Lazio sei grande e te volemo bene, Lazio, sul prato verde vola. Extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.